Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. All right, church family, welcome to 88 Campus Friendswood Campus Alvin, Campus Webster Campus, and everybody joining us online. How's 2022 doing so far? Everybody good? We haven't uh, quite departed the weirdness, but uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Today we begin a new series that I'm excited about. We're calling this series Perhaps Today, and uh, you may know where that title comes from if you've been in our church for maybe a dozen years, because about a dozen years ago, I talked about one of my college professors who, when he talked about the second coming of Jesus Christ, talked about it in these glowing terms, and he would always say, perhaps today. He actually had a sign at the front of the room in his class that that said, perhaps today. And he was such an animated guy. And and, uh, whenever he spoke about seeing Jesus someday, his his joy was contagious. And I loved that guy, even though I will admit right now I wasn't one of his best students. Does that disappoint you? I hope not. I hope it doesn't surprise you either, but uh, he had this huge impact on me, not just with the content of his teaching, but with his personal passion uh, for all things biblical, but especially for this subject. And, uh, and uh, let me show you a picture of him. His name is Don DeWelt. He is now in heaven. And if you're wondering what he sounded like, just uh, a, a higher pitched voice and kind of country sounding, but a uh, uh, great man. And he he, uh, he had a heart attack several times. Uh, I don't know how many heart attacks he had. It wasn't because of me, but he, I, was, uh, I took him for a number of classes, which he may have figured that out after a while. But um, he'd had a heart attack, and he had some things done. And so he was gone for a while, missed several weeks. But when he returned to class, I can remember like it was yesterday. He was in the missions building at Ozark Bible College, Joplin, Missouri. Uh, the building was on the side of a hill. So those of you who have never been out of this area don't know how this works. But... On a, on a hill, you can actually walk into the second story off of the pavement. So you walk you, right off the ground, you walk straight in the second story, but then it was on a hill. So uh, the second story, you can, or the, pardon me, the first story, then you can walk straight out onto the side of the hill. And so that's where the classroom was and that I was in, in the missions building. And, and uh, when he came back, um, I'm, I'm seated at the very back of the room, the door's right next to me, which should not surprise you nor disappoint you at all. But I'm on the back row of that room, and, and he, he comes into the room, and everybody's like, whoa, which is appropriate, right? And Because he'd come back, and now he's going to teach us some more. And he was, this guy, this guy, just to show you, when, when we were studying the book of Acts, um, and I had him for, the, for Acts class, but when, when we were studying the book of Acts, he would walk in, he would say, where did we leave off yesterday? And somebody would say, Acts chapter 5, verse Six and he'd go, okay, let's start at verse seven, and he would just quote it. He was that guy, okay, and uh, a guy that had a stand-up uh, desk in his office uh, well before those were popular. I actually have one of those now that goes up and down. It's down most of the time, but uh, <laughs> but he had a stand-up desk, and he didn't he didn't have it for his health. He had it so he could stay awake because he wanted to write and learn. He was just 
I mean, he was, a, he was an amazing guy. And, and on the day he came back, though, I'm losing my focus here. On the day he came back to class, he, uh, he talked about how it was. And, and he talked about it in glowing terms. He's like, I almost got to see Jesus. I was like, oh, and they brought me back, you know. And, uh, Doggone it, they brought me back. And, and, uh, and, and he talked about it for about five minutes, and then he, I kid you not, he handed out a pop quiz, which was not appropriate on the day that he came back, but he handed out a pop quiz, and then he walked straight down the aisle, which is, remember, right next to me, and out the door, which was right next to me as well, and out onto the sidewalk there on the side of the hill. It was fall at that time, and there were a lot of trees in the area, and everybody else is judiciously working on their pop quiz, and I just had to see what he was doing. So I spun around in my chair. There was windows right behind me. And, uh, and, and I just started watching him. And he walks out to the end of the sidewalk before it starts to go down the hill. And, and he just puts his hands up like this. And he's got his head back. And he's praying out loud, looking up at the sky. And uh, what I'm about to tell you, you may not believe me, but God is my witness, okay? The wind is blowing leaves because it's fall start to spin in a circle and the circle goes around him while he's praying and i'm like what is happening it's like a it's like a disney movie or something and and uh i often joke with my friends if the rapture ever comes you want to be within 100 yards of him because everything's going up to jesus right then but that's the kind of amazing man that he was, and uh, it, was, it was magical when he came back. But he, he always made a point, and he did so with great joy to remind us that it could be any day, it could be today, that you go to see Jesus or that he comes to see us. And he said it with joy. And so if you're wondering, where's, this, where's the title of this series comes from, come from? It comes from uh, my professor in Bible college. Now, the world has been talking about Jesus coming back for 2,000 years. Online, I found 175 different dates for the end of the world, uh, 52 different dates, uh, predicted and published dates for when Jesus would crack the sky and come back to earth again. And there was a, an important prediction out of this past year. I don't know if you knew this or not, but <clears throat> Matthew chapter 24, which we will we'll get into this next week, okay? We're talking about the signs, and I'll remind you of this several times. But we're going to talk about the signs and so forth next week and the week after that. But in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about the, the fig tree. He gives a parable of the fig tree, and the, the, it, it doesn't blossom. What's it do? It buds. The, bud, the, you know, the fig tree buds, and the generation that sees that happen will not pass away before all these other things take place that he's, that he's prophesying in Matthew chapter 24. So many people took that to believe that... Uh, uh, and I don't know how we got here, but they said, okay, the fig tree budding is when uh, Israel becomes a nation. Well, that happened in 1948. 1948. And, and so he says, and that generation shall not pass away before they see all these things come to pass. Well, that would be 40 years. 40 years would go by, and then it would be 1988. And many people, many people predicted that uh, Jesus would come back and 1988, which I don't know if you know this, he didn't come back. <laughs> but there were uh, uh, shows, there were books, there's one book in particular, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Doesn't sell much anymore, but uh, <clears throat> actually had some pretty good reasons. Um, but uh, 
this guy, uh, and this is how I'm getting to last year, uh, Ken Bishore, some of you may know him, Ken Bishore, said that uh, uh, 2021 was an important year. Uh, I'll tell you why in just a second, but he based his prediction on that prophecy about 1988. But he said that the, the original folks that talked about Jesus coming back in 1988 got it wrong. That they said a generation was 40 years. He said it's not, it's not 40 years. A biblical generation is actually uh, 70 to 80 years, which he says places the second coming of Jesus between 2018 and 2028. And the rapture, the rapture, that would be the gathering up uh, uh, from, from the book of Thessalonians where the Christians are caught up to meet him in the sky. That's where that word comes from. Uh, the gathering of Christians up to the Lord. The rapture would happen uh, no later than 2021. Check your calendar on your phone right now. And uh, you've been left behind. If you, if you, me too. I'm still here. I'm still here. Um, something running through my head, but I better not say it. Um, so anyway, God have mercy on our souls. If he was, if he was right, but he obviously was, was incorrect about that, but uh, still, um, he was wrong, okay? So if you know, all these predictions, all these people making predictions... Um, and there's been a lot of them, as I have said, are they, when they prophesy and say, this is going to happen on this date, are they wrong? The answer is yes, they're wrong. They're just flat out wrong, which means, you know, I don't know if they could be trusted on other subjects, which is why, which is why I don't make a prediction of the date. I feel like I have some pretty good ideas, but I don't make a prediction of the date. I'm never going to do that. Uh, because if you miss that date, then you're basically a false prophet right? Uh, because of the fact that so many people have been so wrong so often, it might make us wonder, is it really going to happen? Is, is Jesus really coming back? And so to answer that question, uh, first of all, in this series, I just want to say the answer is yes, Jesus is coming back. And on your listening guide today, which if you don't have one and you want one, uh, 642123, is that right? Is that the right number? Text LG to 642123. I got a bunch of scriptures for you on there today that you can do some of your own research. This will probably be enough to keep you busy for a while. Maybe you can find some on your own. But there's two verses in particular that I want to point out before we move on here. Revelation chapter 22, verses 20 and 21. Revelation chapter 22, verses 20 and 21. These are the very last two verses in the entire Bible. This is it. This is the end of the Bible. And, and Jesus speaks in verse 20. And so you would think, wow, Jesus actually speaks and one of the last verses in the Bible must be important. It must be important what he's going to say there. And here's what he says. Yes, I am coming soon. I'm coming soon. Amen. Uh, John says, John, who wrote this down, uh, come Lord Jesus, the grace of the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. So even Jesus, actually, especially Jesus in scripture points to a second coming. And I know that it's fun to kind of joke about pastors and, and so-called prophets who guess and guess and guess and, and get the date wrong. But the truth is it's in scripture and it's going to happen. 
It's going to happen. I don't know when. We'll talk about seasons next week. But if the Bible is true, and I believe it is, and if God isn't lying to us, and I know that he's not, there's going to be a day when if you live long enough, you with your physical eyes see Jesus literally on this earth again. And at that moment, things are going to be very, very different. Again, we're not told the day or the hour, but we are told the mindset that we're supposed to have, which is why I chose this title for this series, because it just feels right. It feels like this is the kind of the posture that we're supposed to have at all times, just thinking, this could be the day. This could be the day. Now, today I want to address a specific question, that is, why? Why is Jesus coming back? Why would someone whose current address is heaven where he is treated as he should have been treated all along. And if you want to read about this, Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 4 says, all the time, it never stops, the angels singing the praises of God. And then in chapter 5, they're singing uh, glory and honor, worthy is the lamb uh, that was slain. And uh, this never stops. There's always praises in heaven for Jesus and for what he's done for us. And so why would someone who is in that environment right now come back to this earth where they were treated so poorly the first time they were here? Why would he want to come back? I don't know about you, but if you have, if I have a customer, a bad customer service experience, I don't want to go back there. How many of you would agree with that? Like if you go someplace that's just absolutely horrible, one of the things I know most of you would feel the same way, you walk out the door and you're not like, I'm going to give them another chance. No, you're just like, I'm not, we're not going back there. We're not going back there. I remember one time, um, it was after church. We went out to eat for lunch, my wife and I, and uh, uh, I think we had one or two kids at the time. I don't remember for sure, but we went into a, a restaurant that shall remain unnamed, but is in this area. And, uh, and a dude wanted to beat me up. He came at me, man, and he was like doing this kind of stuff and yelling and, and, uh, and I'm a pastor and I just got done preaching. So I could not beat him up. I could not beat him up. It was... It would have been wrong with the Holy Spirit on me to take advantage of a guy who'd had a few too many, and, and I do think he'd had a few too many. And, and so I'm backing off of him. I'm like, dude, come on, man. And he's yelling, wanting me to go, wanting me to go. And, and so I couldn't do it. And so my wife stepped in and... <laughs> she did not. She did not step in. But I will tell you this, if she did she would have won easily. I was, if I was a betting man, all my money would have been on her. But uh, uh, anyway, he would, dude wanted to beat me up. And, and so there was like, I don't know, a manager or someone that worked there that was telling people what to do. It was right here. And I looked at them while the dude is trying to get me to fight him. And I looked at them. I said, are you, what, come, little help, please? And, and they did this to me. And so when we left the restaurant, we both said, we are never ever going back there again. Serious question now. Why would Jesus come back to a place where he really was beat up? Where he was tortured and uh, beaten and then nailed to a cross? Why would he ever want to come back here? And uh, the Bible tells us at least four reasons, very clear in Scripture. There are four big reasons why he's coming back. And if you're taking notes, the first one is this. He's coming back to punish the wicked. 
He's coming back to punish the wicked. And this is the scary part of the second coming, but you don't have to be afraid. In fact, uh, we're commanded, we'll cover this next week, uh, we're commanded to not be afraid. Now, most people don't believe that. Most people don't believe that. And I'll tell you how I know that, because people are going on doing whatever they want to do. And I think a lot of people equate the passing of time and no return of Christ, no judgment, to mean that God's okay with whatever they want to do. Like, I'm living my life, I'm doing whatever I want to do, I'm living the lifestyle I want to live, and I know it's not what is in the Bible, but I don't care, everything's fine with me, making some good money, I got friends, life is good. Why, why do I need to even think about this? It's not going to happen. And there was one time when I was growing up, I was probably around kindergarten age. My uh, dad was a pastor in Sewart Church. And, and uh, it was after the service, and I'm with my older brother, who's just a little bit older than me, and we were running around the church lobby. And, and uh, my mom was out there as well, and the lobby was quite crowded, but we were playing tag or whatever with some other kids. And we're all over the place. We're all over the place and basically almost knocking down old ladies and, and uh, been having a good time, you know, at church. And, and we, we uh, got a little too close to my mom, and she reached out and she grabbed us. And uh, if you know my mom, she's actually in the service. She's a very gentle soul, very soft-spoken. But she grabbed us and she just said to us, if you don't stop. She wasn't mad when she said it, which is, which is part of her deal, you know. <laughs> but she just leaned down. She says, if you keep running, you're going to get a spanking when we get home. And so she let go of us and we took about four steps backward and took off running. And I can remember doing it. I can remember running away because I was thinking to myself, She's busy talking to these ladies. It's like the, the people, and I don't know if there's any in the house today, that uh, you see a police officer with somebody else pulled over, you go as fast as you want. Because you're like, he's busy. He's busy over there talking to them. Anybody need the prayer partners right now? But we, uh, that's kind of how I did. I was like, you know, she can't, she can't do anything about it because she's busy. She's busy. And we just kept running. We kept running. And we probably passed her another dozen times in the church lobby, and she didn't even look at us. She didn't even look at us. And I'm thinking, she doesn't see us. She forgot, maybe, maybe she forgot about what she said. Maybe she didn't mean what she said. Maybe she's gonna have mercy, so we just kept on running. Got in the station wagon, never, she didn't say a word. Came home to the house, and uh, front door opened up, and, and as we were stepping inside, she says, go put your pajamas on. And uh, when you do, don't put your pajama bottoms on. <laughs> she said, because you're going to get a spanking. And me and my older brother were like, what is happening? What did the, where did this come from? Um, and so we went into our room. We shared a room at the time. We went into our room and we put our pajama tops on. And we're sitting our, on our beds with our tidy whities and our pajama tops on and like 15 minutes passes, which was part of her deal too, <laughs> making us wait. 15 minutes or so passes and we're in there, you know, silently praying, dear God, mercy, 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 God. You're such a good God. Amen. Amen. 
So we're praying about it and talking about how do we, how did this happen? How did, and she comes in, uh, door opens, she's got the blue hairbrush, which that doesn't mean anything to most of you, but it was like this big around and flat, completely flat on one side with a nice handle. And uh, that's what we got her spanking with. And she spanked my older brother first and he was crying before he even, you know, went over her lap and that's how he is. And I cried, you know, between the second and third whack so that she would stop. And... But I mean, we were thinking, what is the deal? Because at the time when we're running around, we're thinking punishment delayed means it's not going to happen. But it happened. And that mindset is actually prophesied as being one of the signs of the last days before Christ's return. Second Peter chapter 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing, following their own evil desires. What are they scoffing about? They will say, where is this coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything just goes on like it has ever since the beginning of creation. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. But they deliberately forget, meaning they choose not to think about these things because they've got their own agenda. They want to do what they want to do. They deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world at the time was deluged and destroyed. The same word that, uh, the, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment, read it with me, and destruction of the ungodly. It's one of the things that's going to happen on that day. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, here's the deal right here. He is what? He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but he wants everyone everyone to come to repentance. And I talk about this a little bit, but I don't want to go down this road too far just because it's depressing. But it feels like the, the world's going to hell in a handbasket right now. It feels like about the time you don't think it can get worse, somebody figures out a new way to, to do something else. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And not only that, you know, people are inventing ways to sin now. Uh, but there's also this pride about sin, this celebration of sin across all media, every now and then I start to ask the question, can it get worse? And I don't ask it because I've seen it get worse. And let me be honest with you and just tell you there are times when I just wish God would intervene. I just, I just want to tell God, just, hey, God, the world would be a better place right now if you would take some people out, you know. <laughs> You've thought it too. Um, <laughs> But it's like, Lord, why do, why do you let them get away with that? They just keep on doing it, and they're, it's getting worse, Lord. And sometimes, sometimes God does judge. He does bring his judgment into people's lives, but not wholesale judgment across the face of the earth for ungodly folks. And there's a reason why. There's a reason why. He is extremely patient, more so than me. 
and more so than probably most of you. Would you agree with that? He's patient. He's giving people as much time as he possibly can because he wants everyone to hear the truth and then come to repentance, repentance. And that's a turning away from sin and a turning to God. And I've said it many times, and I'll continue to say it because I want people to get this. This is not two different moves. This is not two different things. This is one move. You turn away from sin and you turn to God. You cannot turn to God without turning away from sin. And this is what God wants from us. And this is why we as a church will continue to do our best to make Christ known. That's why we're going to continue to help uh, plant churches. And we're, I don't know if you know this, we're planning a church, helping to plant a church in Idaho right now of all places, in the town where Evil Knievel tried to jump the Snake River Canyon. And every time I say that, the pastor doesn't like me talking about that. And it's like, we have more than that here, pastor. I'm like, oh, I don't know, but that's pretty cool. Um, and if you're young, Google it. But um, so we're, we're going to continue to help plant churches. We're going to continue to start new campuses. We're going to continue to help get the Bible translated into every known language on the face of the earth. We're going to be a part of that to get that done by God's grace by the year 2030 and on and on. We're going to continue to help as many people as possible to know Christ so that they can receive his life-changing grace and forgiveness. Somebody say amen if you're on board with that. And the reason that we're going to do this is because we care. We care. We love people. And we know that ultimately what's going to happen is Jesus is going to break through the clouds. And one of the things that he's going to do is he's going to punish the wicked. Another reason that he's coming back. To relieve the troubled. To relieve the troubled. I have to admit that as a young man, when my professor would say, perhaps today, I was often thinking, no, I've got plans this weekend, you know? <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I got a game this weekend I got to play in. I, I want to I get married someday. I want to have some kids. I want to start a church. And so when you're young, the thought of Jesus coming back doesn't appeal as much, unless you've got like a big test the next day, then you're okay with him coming back. But but the older a person gets, I think, and the longer they live, the more they understand it, that this, this world cannot satisfy the longing deep inside of the human heart. And if you're one of those folks who you've been through a lot and there's been pain in your life, unspeakable almost to the point of being unbearable pain, um, or maybe you've Maybe you've seen sin run rampant around you. Or maybe you make the mistake of watching the news sometimes. And you're like, what is this world coming to? If that's you, then you're going to have those moments where your heart longs for Jesus to come and to make things right. Because inside of us, we have this yearning for more than this world can offer us. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 says, he will give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. And this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will give relief to you who are troubled. 
I remember years ago, um, I sat with someone who had just lost a loved one. And uh, in my effort to encourage them, I, I said, hey, I know it's tough. I know it's tough right now, but listen, someday Jesus is going to make all things right. Someday he's going to come back again and he's going to take you to be with him, but you're going to get to see your loved one again. I got done saying that, it's just quiet. And then this guy says, just barely loud enough to hear, I wish it was today. Now, for those of you who are troubled, just know this, when Jesus comes back, it will be a day of complete joy. There'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, just one massive party, family reunion as we celebrate in the presence of Almighty God. Are you looking forward to that day? And uh, as I always tell you guys, if you get there before the rest of us, go in the gate and turn to the left. We're having a party to the left, and there, if you've not heard that before, the reason we go to the left is because Disney World found out that people that go through a gate turn to the right like 87% of the time. So we don't wanna go over there with a mass of people, we're gonna go over here and have a private party in heaven someday. And let me tell you how real this is, how real this is, and I don't know if we're gonna have a party, I'm gonna go see Jesus, and then I'll catch up with you a bit. We had an engineer in our church on his deathbed, you know, because engineers like everything, you know, orderly. And uh, on his deathbed, he asked, how far to the left when I go in the gate? Because <laughs> he wanted to know the exact spot so he didn't miss the party. And I'm just telling you, it may not be real to you yet, but someday it will be real to you. And uh, perhaps today, who knows, okay? So today, if you are troubled, I want to urge you at all of our campuses, get down to the front of the room when we're done with the service and let a prayer partner pray for you because if your heart is still beating, and I know it is because you're in church right now, God's still got a purpose for your life. And so he doesn't want you checking out. He doesn't want you putting things on autopilot. He needs you in the game. So if you need some prayer today because you are troubled and going through a lot, please get prayer today. Amen? And then... Uh, Another reason he's coming back is to receive glory, to receive glory. The first time he came, he came in humility. He was born in a barn, nailed to a cross. Uh, during his ministry, he was ridiculed. He was rejected. Most people refused to believe in him. And guess what? He's still the object of scorn today, considered politically incorrect. Did you know that, that Jesus is politically incorrect? Just try saying his name in certain places and... And it's like, get, get that manger scene off of public property, get that cross off that hill, get that prayer out of school. I had one couple tell me one time they wanted me to do their ceremony, and they said, if you could just not mention Jesus, because we're going to have people there that don't know him, so please don't. And I said, get somebody else to do your ceremony. You get me, you get Jesus. That's the way this works, right? <laughs> but even to this day, the name of Jesus is a point of conflict with many people. He was humiliated and rejected. And he's been humiliated and rejected by his creation long enough. And that's all going to change at his second coming. 
Second Thessalonians chapter one, beginning verse eight says, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, meaning the good news of Jesus and that repenting and following after Jesus. They don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with an everlasting destruction. And here's a perfect description of hell. I know there are other descriptions. This, in my opinion, is the, the perfect description. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. That's hell. To be shut out from God's presence for eternity and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people, that's us, and to be marveled at among all of those who have believed, and that's us. And it does include you and I because we've believed the testimony that we've heard about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 24, it says that uh, Jesus is talking about him coming, coming back again. He says some people are going to panic when he appears. It's going to be a bad day for a lot of people, but not for us. We're going to give him glory on that day, the glory that he has deserved ever since the beginning of time. And when we see him, we're going to fall on our knees. In fact, in fact everybody's going to fall on their knees. Philippians chapter 2 says, every knee on that day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. But for some, it'll be too little too late. But he's going to get the glory that he deserves on that day, especially from us. And then I got one more for you, okay? It's coming back to punish the wicked, to relieve the troubled, to receive glory. And this may be the best one. I don't know. Check it out to take us home, to take us home. We were in uh, 2 Thessalonians just now. Uh, I don't know if you know this, so much of 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians is about Jesus' second coming. For this last one, I just want to jump back over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul says this about Jesus' second coming. He says, while people are saying peace and safety... Destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. So uh, check that. And this is why we're going to talk about this stuff next week. We shouldn't be surprised when it happens. Because we're on this footing which says perhaps today. It won't be a surprise for us, okay? Shouldn't surprise you like a thief. You're all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, the hope of salvation as our helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to do what? To receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, that's what that means, awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Question, why do we get to go to heaven when some people get his wrath? Because people are gonna, there's gonna be people get his wrath. Why do we get to go to heaven when some people get his wrath? Because we have received the salvation that he bought for us with his blood on the cross of Calvary. That's the only reason. Not because you're better or I'm better than anybody else. It's because, it's because we've accepted what Jesus has done for us. I love this church family and for all kinds of reasons, but one of my favorite reasons is because I think this church family gets it when it comes to people who have not found Jesus yet. 
We don't look down on them. Like when you see somebody whose life is messed up and most, most of us, I think, don't say, that's a waste, that person, they, we feel sorry for them because we want everybody, just like God said, he wants everybody to come to repentance. We want everybody to know Jesus, to know what he has done for them. And so when we look at somebody who might be a little messed up, we just say, there before the grace of God go I. That we love that person with the love of Jesus Christ. That's why we talk about it around at this church. We talk about the 99 safely in the fold and the one who's out of the fold that needs a touch of Jesus in their life. And we all have a one in our lives. We all have a one in our lives who, if nothing changes, is going to get the wrath of God on Judgment Day. And so we, we're doing our best to be the hands and feet of Christ, to love those folks. Because we understand that God has forgiven us much. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there, there's a story in the Gospels where uh, a woman of uh, ill repute came in and took uh, some perfume and was anointing Jesus' feet while he was at the home of a Pharisee. The Pharisees were indignant that this woman, who's probably a prostitute, is touching Jesus. And they said, if he was really a prophet, he would know who it is that's touching him. And, and Jesus says, whoa, wait a minute. He said, you know, usually the, the person who owns the home washes the feet of visitors, but you have not offered to do anything. This, you haven't given me a, a, a hug or a kiss, which was also kind of the tradition, coming to the home, give them a hug, uh, wash their feet. They hadn't done any of that. And Jesus says, you didn't do any of this for me, but this woman is doing it for me. And then he said this line that I love. He says, those who have been forgiven much, love much. I think we have a loving church because we know we've been forgiven much. I don't know if you know this, if you get our emails, but um, I often sign emails, much love. If you're ever wondering where that comes from, it comes from that story in the Bible. Because those who have been forgiven much have much love to give. So... What do we do with this information? Read a lot of verses today, covered a lot of ground. What do we do with this information? Okay, it's the next verse. Let me read this one, though, to ramp up to it. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. I hope that you're encouraged today, are you? Jesus is coming back someday perhaps today. And if you, if things are not right in your life with him, now is your opportunity at all of our campuses, get to the front of the room, make things right with God today. Let's stand. Let me pray for you before you go. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for loving us with an everlasting love. Thank you, Lord, for changing our final address, our final destination to a place where we could spend forever with you in one giant worship celebration and family reunion. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. May we as a church family continue to do our best to love others with your love so that they too can know the grace that your son came to this world to give. And Lord, we look forward to the day when we see him come back again, God perhaps today. 
We pray this in your son's name. And all the people said, God bless, guys. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.